All right, folks, welcome aboard to White Collar Crimes. We show you the only color that truly matters in our justice system is green. And I'm joined by a sidekick we haven't had a chance to get with in a little bit, but certainly glad to have back aboard. Greg Ulinchich joins us again. Greg, welcome aboard again. Well, thanks, Ryan. I'm looking forward to getting into the NCAA here. Yep, and I have kind of hyped this for several weeks, kind of letting people know it's coming. Uh, we wanted to actually get this on about a week sooner than it did, but uh, we certainly are glad to have him aboard on this one. We got a little sidetracked, but we finally are getting to make this happen. Good timing on it. We're going into uh, starting to get into some bowl games here soon. Both of us kind of have at least something to cheer for. Uh, me personally, as a graduate of University of Cincinnati, I'm a Bearcat fan and certainly riding high now with the kind of season they've had. And, you know, Greg, you – I know I've been a Notre Dame fan your your whole life, and you well, do one, game one of the uh, results of going to Catholic school, Ryan. <laughs> you know, and uh, and actually we have Notre Dame. I have Notre Dame to talk about in a scandal here tonight, as I'm sure you do as well. And that's what we're going to cover here tonight, folks. Uh, you know, we don't we think of white collar crimes as just happening in Wall Street and you know the big corporations. And you know, don't get me wrong, that is where a lot of them actually happen at, but. Sometimes they happen in other places too, and it should not be ignored that it happens in sports sometimes, and it's happened a lot more than you probably realize in the NCAA, and anywhere there is to be money, you know, anywhere there's money to be made, you can pretty much expect there are going to be various forms of white-collar crime, and you know, when I was getting ready for this, Greg, I was fascinated to find out that even back in the 60s, there was a case I had never heard of at Southwest Louisiana university where they had tons of players playing on their sports teams that didn't meet the minimum gpa qualifications even back then and one of the assistant coaches forged a signature of a high school principal to get one of the recruits on the team you know forgery is a felony in in most situations <laughs> it seems like the normal rules don't apply i mean there's a number of big name coaches now that went on to the nfl who basically uh, made their reputations on college football programs that cheated. Uh, one good example is Pete Carroll. I mean, uh, I know Reggie Bush was involved, the running, former running back for the USC, was involved in these type of scandals, and he had to give back his Heisman Trophy. But Pete Carroll, he simply just went on to Seattle for future successes. Yep, and I wonder where he'll go after this. I mean, most likely there's a chance he could get fired after the type of season Seattle is having but you know I'm sure he'll latch on somewhere else yeah despite you know being involved in some uh, pretty shady activities well yeah I mean uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson who went on to coach the Cowboys Dallas Cowboys successfully I mean he started out at Miami at uh, the Hurricanes and uh, when Notre Dame used to play them it, they used to call it the Catholics against the convicts <laughs> Yep. And that's, and you know, the problem I think we run into with this is where do we strike the balance between academic standards and the money that these sports teams bring in? Because let's face it, I think that's what's blurring the lines here. The schools are willing to overlook a lot because of the amount of money these sports teams bring in. Well, uh, speaking of Notre Dame, uh, Brian Kelly, all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, said bye-bye to Notre Dame to sign a $100 million contract with LSU. And wow. Kelly has never – well, he can't win the big game. I'm sorry, but, I mean, he never has. 
Um, and he'll last about two or three years of LSU till they figure that out and they'll find someone else. But he's still going to get $100 million. Wow. And never won any serious, legitimate, you know, type of uh, – boy, he's never really come probably what you would say close to a national championship in his tenure at Notre Dame, correct? Well, he's he's made the final four Notre Dame has, I should say, him or in Notre Dame. Uh, but he's basically – Alabama, uh, Clemson, they've kicked basically Notre Dame's butt. I mean, it's not even close. My Bearcats actually did this year, and that was huge, you know, for a school like Cincinnati to, you know, beat somebody like Notre Dame. That was quite significant, actually. At Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, yes. And, you know, I know Cincinnati's a long shot to beat Alabama, but I think a lot of the country certainly pulling for them to kind of see, you know, Cinderella story for real here. Uh, I'll give it to Alabama. Last year, Alabama had seven five-star recruits. Now, five-star recruit is just the cream of the crop. I mean, there may be 20 of those, 20, 25 in the country. And Notre Dame got seven of them. And, you know, I don't care what they say about Saban being a coach. When he got that much athletic talent, Bonzo the Chimp could coach it and they'd win it. Agree. And, you know, and speaking of Notre Dame, another – scandal I thought and you, you probably remember this because it's not been all that awfully long ago but do you remember uh George O'Leary with Notre Dame fired before he was ever even hired because they found out he falsified his resume now you let you or me falsify a resume for a serious college position we're probably facing the possibility of a criminal investigation well yeah I mean it's it, it's about billions of dollars Brian that's what it's about I mean that's the, this is why they have this, this bowl games. I mean, whatever collegiate sport or any sport has Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, that makes up their national championship. They just have a playoff. NCAA basketball does. They have a 64-game playoff. Again, you can't compare the two because of the physiology, physi- the physiology involves, or physiology, can't talk. But anyway, it's uh, but because people get uh, – you can't play that many football games, but still, I mean, we got we have a playoff of four teams now, and basically it's the four teams, same four teams every year, except Cincinnati, which is well, let's say go Bearcats. Yeah, that I mean, I said even if I were not alumni, I would be cheering for Cincinnati as well, just because somebody has finally crashed the good old boys club party with the NCAA here, and I know this is killing them having. Cincinnati, you know, in this position, because I'm sure they would much rather have one from the power five conferences or somewhere, you know, that they're accustomed to having in this, but, you know, speaking on that, and I know that's not necessarily a crime, but I miss bowl games actually meaning something, you know, when I was a kid and I know you too, you know, they had the games, the bowl games on new year's day, you knew which ones were going to be played and, and you knew, you know, the teams involved and what was at stake. And now, I mean, they have, everything i mean from uh you know howard's corn dog stand bowl to you know the big ones that we're accustomed to and it seems like they have so many of them it's almost like boxing you know they got so many titles now and belts in each division that there's no longer one champ and it no longer really means anything you know what i'm saying yeah that goes right into a talking point again using notre dame as an example uh two of their best players uh i'm not going to mention their names but One's a tight end and the other's a safety. And uh, they're, they're pretty much assured going either in the first round or at least high second round of the NFL draft. 
and they've opted not to play in the bowl games because simply what somebody pointed out is they're just those bowl games. They're not Notre Dame is not playing for a national championship, so it's just an exhibition game. It's almost like the NFL Pro Bowl. Oh yes, <laughs> which that's a crime that's still allowed to be on. We should probably do a show on that coming up, but uh, you know, I mean. It's well, you know, and that's a stands to good reason, you know, why you wouldn't want to risk life and limb to, uh, you know, put yourself out there in a situation for something that that is meaningless. You know, it's like they used to do the Pro Bowl after the season was over and nobody's putting any effort into it because the season's over. It means nothing. And, you know, nobody wants to risk an injury. There seems like none of these all star games really have anything on the line except the Major League Baseball all star game. And I think that was really smart of them to make it like they did a few years back where, uh, you know, the team that wins the, uh, you know, the league that wins that gets to host the world series. You know, if the national league wins all-star game, the national league team hosts uh, the, you know, has home field advantage throughout the world series. They put something to make uh, some incentive, I guess, but yeah, a lot of these games don't have any incentive other than just money. Well, see, Ryan, it's, it's like the, uh, well, Bill Russell, the former great center basketball center for the Boston Celtics, said, said basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. And nobody is, it seems like a right terminology to use what uh, Bill Russell used. Um, you can play basketball. You can have a game of baseball. But one just innocent hit on a knee or something can ruin uh, a player's career. And that, you know, and they're stuck out, hung out to dry. And, you know, at least now, and this was something we would talk about too, that, you know, at least now these players are allowed to make money off their brand where up until just very recently, that was not allowed to happen. And, you know, it's almost a crime how much money these schools could make off a player's image. And the player was doing nothing but risking life and limb for just a hope and the possibility to go on to a professional career. Well, that brings up something else, Ryan. I mean, um, especially in these in these uh, you know major college football teams, the Alabama, Florida, Notre Dame, uh, Oklahoma, that makes billions. There should be some sort of compensation package if somebody is paralyzed or this that they these people can get something out of it because you know basically what you got is a bunch of kids if they get hurt, you know they're done. Yeah, and I mean, nothing to, you know, fall back on. And, you know, uh, and that since a lot of them have banked their future on playing these sports professionally, yeah, that that's a lot that suddenly they're out of. And, you know, they make money off the brand, but we know also it's not above some of these, uh, you know, schools to illegally pay players to be playing. I remember, and I found this, you know, researching for this broadcast. I remember back when I was in high school, when uh, SMU, Southern Methodist University, remember they had their, uh, yes. yeah, 1987 record suspended and, uh, you know, done away with. And they were, I'm sorry, their, their record, yeah, was suspended. And, you know, basically it came down to that they were paying players, you know, to play. They were, you know, which is illegal. And, you know, but uh, as far as I know, just like many times, nobody went to jail for this that I recall. Well, that's that's the thing. It's illegal, but nobody is punished for it. I yep. mean, because there's so much money involved. I mean, there's so much uh, that th they can simply just buy their way out of it. These, these colleges are have multi-billion dollar contracts 
you know, I mean, with TV, with this, they have to keep a product in there that people are going to watch. Yes. I mean, Notre Dame, go back to Notre Dame again, they have their ex exclusive contract with NBC. Yep. Every one of their home games is played, is televised on NBC. Yep. Well, and you know, you know, other places, I know, like you go to uh, Tennessee and, you know, Tennessee football is a religion in the state of Tennessee. And, you know, I lived, you know, when wife and I lived down in Florida, I did actually speaking of Notre Dame, you can remember when I did security for that Notre Dame and uh, FSU game. And I'm telling you in Florida, Florida state is a religion in all its own. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's to the point now that I think we have reached a point in our, in our system where athletes do have some say. Uh, there's pros and cons to this transfer portal that athletes use now, but it gives a chance to an athlete that doesn't like the coach or doesn't like, or is not going to get a chance to play to transfer to another university. Yep. And that, um, well, and it amazes me so many times, you know, when I researched for this episode is how much, uh, of law breaking goes on to get these guys aboard. Like, uh, you know, example, I've found Gary Barnett, Colorado Buffaloes, uh, enticing players with drugs, alcohol, and strippers. Now, you know, the stripper part, that's, you know, not necessarily illegal, but I guarantee for most of these players, the alcohol was because they were underage and the drugs is certainly illegal in any fashion. Yet they were doing that to recruit players, which if I remember for a while, I can remember one of the Colorado teams, uh, they did a special on this, I think on ESPN back in the day, they were basically just uh, a street gang. They were showing them, you know, flashing their gang signs out there on the field and you know, several of them uh, were in, you know, I think, ended up getting in trouble for some, you know, pretty serious felonies and things of that sort. But, you know, it's not a shock when they, you know, recruit players of that uh, character. But, you know, when you find out that the schools were breaking laws to get them, it, it's it's doubly bad. Well, I mean, if you had a chance to go down to Florida to play and you walk out and say, here's the beach, you can, you can, we, we practice on the beach. We do this. It's beautiful weather or go to another, you know, Michigan or somewhere it's cold all the time, most of us would pick the nice tropical environments. Now, I mean, uh, sure. so there has to be some reason to entice these uh, student-athletes to these schools. Um, but I'm glad to see, really, that, that, that players do have more control of what they do. I mean, there's pros and cons to it. I know some coaches believe that they don't like the transfer portal, but um, – I think I think it goes even because they can they may take time to develop a player of this that and the other and they may go to another school, but it goes both ways. Um, so you may get a great player that 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 went to a school that's not going to get a chance to play till they're a junior and they're a freshman. They they want to play, and so they're going to transfer to a different school. Yeah, and not everybody has a rich dad that can don donate to the Thornton Mellon School of <laughs> Business like we've. Joked about. And for you younger viewers, I recommend checking out the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School. It is hilarious. It is a classic. I mean, probably one of my top 20, 25 favorite movies. Um, yes, and, and the uh, moral words of Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, it shows the brutal competitive nature of collegiate diving. Uh, you know, that was the big sport in this movie. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, anything Rodney Dangerfield was in was funny. So, uh, you know, and this, uh, you know, certainly for you younger ones, I recommend the uh, scene between Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kennison. It is uh, 
one of the epic movie scenes of all time. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny every time I see it, but you yeah. know, yeah, I think it, it goes, Hey, these schools, because they are under such a pressure to compete financially with, with the other ones, they are willing to go to any length, whether it's it literally luring them in with booze, dope and strippers. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of off the subject with that one uh, scene in uh in uh, uh, the Ronnie Dangerfield movie where he says, oh, you're leaving out a whole bunch of stuff. And we talked about our, between ourselves that we went and sat in a school or in a, in a college classroom. Now we couldn't do it. <laughs> no, no, that's why I was fortunate. You know, I went back and, you know, I got my master's degree online. I, at this point with all the experience and things I've seen, yeah, it would be hard for me to sit in a classroom and be taught by somebody who has not worked in it or is currently not working in the field and knows what's going on or anything. And yeah, it is kind of that, that movie has a lot to say about real life. And uh, you know, but one of the questions I think that I just really keeps coming to my mind on this other than money, it, what else would there be any reason why these colleges and universities are willing to go to these links, even breaking the law. And there's a lot of it that goes on. Not, these are not just, isolated examples i mean we could probably do a series on other scandals other than just the ones we've uh, pointed out on this tonight you know this has been going on for decades and decades and and who is really making money on this at the end of the day well you know where is this money going to i mean yeah i mean they say that goes to different programs that don't make as much money you know so these programs can can still survive on the college campus but seriously i mean it's it's there's so much money involved and you know it, it, well i mean it, it's so much money that a guy that said a, a day before he, a week before actually he quit uh brian brian kelly at notre dame i'll never leave notre dame that they offered him a hundred million dollars to coach lsu and he said bye-bye notre dame <laughs> how did they get a hundred million dollars to offer a coach that's never won a championship well, it goes back to back to school. Well, he did make a very sizable donation to, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean. It is, it's a hundred million dollars is, is not chump change in any profession. And again, that's a lot of money for a guy that, you know, like I said, has no national championship under his belt and anything like that. And, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on. I think we could probably do a scandal on the, and I think it'd be a good idea to do one coming up on the uh, concussion scandal in the NFL. You know, that was buried for money. You know, I mean, it. we have concrete proof, although part of the settlement they made in the lawsuits where they don't have to disclose when they knew this concussion thing was a serious thing, but it's it's 100% on record. They knew and did nothing until they were caught. And Look how many guys suffered from that. You know, uh, again, going to a movie, it's uh, that movie, it's con called Concussion, the one with Will Smith about the doctor from Nigeria that discovered this and showed Mike Webster from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sure you remember him, you know, the famous Hall of Fame center. You know, he died at like 50, and his mind was just mush by the time he died. And, you know, they said he had the mind of a, you know, small child from all the repeated blows and damage he suffered on there. And it was all covered up. And, and the only reason the NFL is taking protocols for this now is because they got caught. Well, we've known this from working with criminals. They're not, they're, they don't feel remorse because they got, they, they did the deed. They get, they feel remorse because they got caught. They got caught, you know, and uh, it's very apparent. I think, you know, that'd probably be a good, good episode to do here in the future. And uh, you know, but, you got to wonder it because I mean, that that's not money. Anybody could just toss around lightly. And, you know, you got to wonder 
at what point is it impacting the fees to go? Because, you know, I, I teach on at colleges on the side and I hope they hang around because I enjoy teaching and, you know, it's a good little side gig and things like that. But the way the cost keeps climbing, I'm not sure very many will elect to go. And, you know, you got to wonder how much of this cost is because of deals like that, that $100 million offer they do that. You know, eventually that's got to be passed on to someone. Of course it does. They do have a lot of alumni that supposedly, you know, uh, you know, they, get, they, they, they uh, give a lot of money to these programs and stuff. I'm sure you and I, you and I have both been contacted by SIU alumni. Sure have, yep. Um, but um, the bottom line is, when you have that any any sport any sport any business when you have that much loose money lying around it just it's it's, it's a breeding ground for corruption it is and you know that as that old saying goes you know absolute corruption corrupts you know absolute power corrupts absolutely and uh you know you have you know some people who have almost absolute power some of these coaches and administrators and you know, some of the players, that was a, a thing I remember. The next point I was actually going to make is that, you know, we've we've had instances where coaches have covered up crimes for individuals. Back in the 80s, Barry Switzer, you know, the oh, coach there at Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, they found out he had possibly helped cover up some very serious crimes. I mean, you know, some of these guys were actually even alleged to have committed some rapes. And they said in 2004, in an interview, he admitted to c- covering up, quote, minor incidents. But I wonder how truthful he could have been with that. You know, I mean, what he considers minor is probably certainly different what you and I and uh, people in the uh, law enforcement community would consider minor. Well, um, wasn't that one Jamison Winston who plays for the NFL uh, now in New Orleans? He was right. caught shoplifting in a public store. Public down store in down in uh, Florida. Yep, sure was. And uh, I believe it's reported what Cam Newton back in his college days stole a laptop from somebody on campus. Well, yes. I mean, it's it's to a point where they they have to win, and they're going to do anything they can to win. That's why I'll say right now and predict that Brian Kelly won't last more than three years in the SEC. The SEC will chew Brian Kelly up. I mean, he don't care. I yeah, mean, walk away with a fast paycheck, money. go coach somewhere else. So yeah, I mean, but he it'll chew him up. I mean. He's got kind of protected by the all. Notre Dame has a certain aura about it, you know, as you know, Newt Rockney and all that. It kind of protects them, you know, protects them, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they have but, a nostalgia yeah, but, about them. Yeah, nostalgia. Where uh, they, they just care about winning down south. And Brian Kelly, he's going to win a few games, but, you know, he's not going to. He's, he's not walking into the Thunderdome, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's a um, personally, I think being a Notre Dame fan, I think it's a great thing for Notre Dame to get rid of him. Myself, I mean, uh, I mean, I personally uh, agree with uh, in the argument that Tony Dungy made when this was before uh, that uh, that uh, uh, Brady signed with Tampa Bay, and it was comparing him with Peyton Manning, and he said. And you know, you see these these guys always do the uh, these uh, analysis of the games, these NFL players. And Tony Dungy just says a few words and, and just gets it down. He said, "Tony Dungy said it's all about championships. That's what we play for." Yeah. You know, I don't care. I mean, it's great. I mean, I mean, I'll, we both agree that there's a number of players that want that are great players and never won a championship. But if you compare 
Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, it's about rings. It is. I agree. Yeah. When you, when you look at stats, they're a little more evenly matched, but when you look at, yeah, you know, Tom Brady's won uh, seven Super Bowls, and, uh, you know, Peyton Manning won two. Both deservedly will be in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. But, yeah, when it comes down to it, that's that's what it's all about. But, you know, again, you know, when it comes to college, like we were talking about, they have to have the money. They have to be able to, you know, have the successful program to get the good recruits. If they don't, they lose the money. They lose enrollment and on and on and on. So is this a cycle that's going to be – continuing do you think do you think there's any chance this can even be slowed down or reformed well eventually the outcry is going to be so so loud that they're going to go to an eight game football playoff i mean four games four excuse me four teams is not enough to establish because right now if you lose two games uh, call it they cannot get into that four game yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, I think yeah. they just, you know, when I watched them when they played uh, Houston the other day, Houston was 11 and 2, and yeah, they have no shot of any kind of, you know, significance now. And yeah. 11 and 2 is not too shabby, you know. Well, yeah. And I mean, a team can get better as the season goes by. They may lose a couple games at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, how many times have we seen that in football? I mean, uh, you know, I think it was Eli Manning won, you know, a Super Bowl with a 9 and 7 Giants team. You know, you just get hot at the right time, and you never know yeah. what can happen. Well, we see it in baseball too. Uh, um, wild card teams. Winning Cardinals have done that a couple times. Yeah, our our St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, yeah, but I, you know, and again, like I said, the where is the balance? Because you know, in the end, these guys, some of them are being cheated out of an education. In a sense, they probably don't realize it at the time, but they are. Well, you had a story. Uh, what was his name? Dexter Manley played for the Redskins. Yep. Or, pardon me, the Washington team. Yeah, the Washington football team. Yeah, you know, we yeah, got to be PC here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> example. He got all the way through college, and they found out he was illiterate, couldn't read or write. And then once his NFL days were over, you know, like a lot of them, he, you know, blew through his money and had nothing and uh, ended up going to prison for a short time for drug trafficking. How did a man go through high school and, and go college. through college without being able to read? It's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I know – how hard it is to get through life you know when you have a college education just to get through normal everyday things in life so how you function you know in life but you know that's that's a classic example you know he was good at football and he was passed through school and all the way through college even though he couldn't read or do anything that he needed to do and uh, in the end it, it hurt him because once the you know the once he was off the gridiron and once that money was no longer there uh, you know yeah he fell into drug trafficking and you know went on to prison and uh time and time again we've seen a lot of that and it, it is sad you know in the end they're they're used just like uh you know a, a cheap piece of meat and then tossed to the side well that uh old movie north dallas 40 i mean with uh yeah, nick nolte nick nolte and uh, matt davis i mean yeah, very good movie. shows yeah and they say that was very accurate how life was in the 1970s uh nfl you know you were basically just like cattle you know used to you know, make money on it. But I am glad to see that these players are able to make money off their own image now and rather than the school discontinue to, you know, make money off them and that's it. Well, you remember that uh, scene in Forrest Gump when, when Forrest Gump runs across the field? He's, <laughs> what he said, he's dumb as, a, dumb as a box of chocolates or something, but he sure can run. That boy is a um, running fool or something like that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, that guy basically yeah. used to train Paul Bear Bryant. He used to coach at Alabama. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's it seems like we're rewarding 
young people for things they should not do. And we're and then there's a whole systematic uh, organization that says, okay, as long as we win, that's the only thing that counts, you know? And something that we need to bring up again is something that should have been actually constructed a long time ago to stop this problem is having NFL needs to have like a farm system like baseball does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that would be a good discussion because uh, I'd like to have you back here soon. Uh, maybe we could do one on the concussion scandal if you'd be up for it, because that that's something that, you know, everybody's kind of forgotten about that. That got sweeped under the rug. And, you know, I mean, you know, I enjoy football as much as the next guy, but, you know, the NFL, what they did was criminal here. And again, as far as I know, nobody went to jail for this. Well, because again, you know, you got to look in the, I'm sorry to blame everything on the press, but it's usually their fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have ESPN people, blah, blah, blah. They talk sports all the time. I mean, they create this culture. I mean, yep. that you have to win. You have to win. If you had a farm system, the NFL on a farm system that basically took these kids that had no reason, that can't make it through college and just take these kids and put them in like a, in this system. Then the kids that actually really the collegiate athlete could really play. And, you know, because let's face it. I mean, some of these schools have direct, as we talked about Dexter Manley have no academic standards whatsoever. No. And that, that's something that definitely needs to change because, you know, you need something more consistent across the board, I think. And, you know, and then again, like I talked about all the way back in the 60s, this has been an issue with the uh, Southwest Louisiana there, you know, forging, you know, even uh, a, a principal signature just to get, you know, the needed documentation for people who clearly, uh, you know, did not meet the standards to be able to be playing, but they were, you know, fraudulently brought aboard and, and were able to play because, you know, the schools broke the law to get them on there. Oh yeah, there was a there was an old joke about Alabama that at the uh, during graduation, you know, Bubba was a good football player, but they weren't going to let him graduate. So the dean said, "I tell you what, if you can answer one question, Bubba, I'll give you your your diploma." Because the crowd was saying, "Give him one more chance! Give him a chance! Give him one more chance!" So the the uh, dean says, "Okay, what's eight times eight? And Bubba says, "I know that. That's sixty four. And there's a crowd. There's quiet. In the crowd, give him another chance. Give him another chance. Give him another chance. Yep, and that's, I mean, that's yep. It's, it's like, and that joke about if you open a window up at you know driving through one of these schools will hold a pony. Yeah, I think it was Georgia or Georgia State. One of those. I can't remember if there is. I can't remember somewhere down there that I remember hearing that joke when I was in school. Yep, roll down the window and they'll throw a you know they'll throw a diploma in your vehicle for you. So, yeah, it's it uh, that needs to change and. Uh, you know, I don't know that it will, especially, you know, again, with the money that's involved. And, you know, I don't know that the criminal justice system is ready because they don't prosecute our sports heroes in a lot of sports. So I don't think we should expect it's going to be any different with NCAA people. Well, but, uh, I, you know, being, being close and involved in, in coaching and stuff, I, you know, you know, coached, coached uh, basketball teams, the conference championships. And, of course, I have a family member that basically is a, coach down at Florida University. Um, the NCAA has these bizarre rules. I, I know a girl, true story, one of the players, a girl softball player got, got in trouble for hooking up, for washing her car using the school's water. Wow. She just, 
that's and and you you take that to that's such a degree and you and you and you look at the other opposite end of the spectrum where okay here you know blah 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 throw, throw a diploma in your window i mean i mean it's you almost could i hate to say this but use the ncaa and use the rico act on them. yeah uh you know that's I think you could with them and NFL and a lot of them. They are almost in, in some ways. And again, you know, we're not bashing sports. Both of us are big sports fans mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, but some of the things they do, they operate in, it does almost border on an organized crime organization. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they fought tooth and nail at this transfer portal because these, these, these student athletes could not, you know, they were stuck. It was almost like an indentured servant contract. Yep. That's sad, but uh, well, Greg, would you like to come back here soon and we could do a little follow-up, maybe cover the NFL concussion scandal? Oh, yeah, we can discuss the national championship, too. That's coming up. Yeah, that's, that'd be a good time we could do that. It'd be a good time to do that, folks, when you hear us. Hopefully, uh, next time when we're discussing this, my Cincinnati Bearcats pull off a huge upset and they are national champs. I know it's a long shot, but a guy can dream, right? <laughs> well, dream and pray and <laughs> yep. I still say Alabama. They just got too much talent. Yeah, I agree. But it, it, I am glad to see, you know, somebody, you know, an outsider here at least having a shot, you know, that is kind oh, of refreshing. I hope they do. I like that that quarterback uh, in Cincinnati and I hope they do. Yep, I hope so too. But uh I certainly thank you for tagging along on this one and providing a you know some good info and out there to take and folks we uh will not have a show next week uh i'm gonna have let everybody enjoy the week i know it's very busy a lot of christmas activities i think it'd be a good time for everybody to relax and rewind and i plan on doing a show you know after christmas just kind of a year in review and then yeah then after that after the championship yeah greg i'd like to have you back on let's uh let's do some nfl concussion scandals and maybe review the college championship and kind of see where the NCAA is still headed, but uh, certainly been great having you aboard on here. And um, well, you know, Monty, do you have any, uh, anything to add? <laughs> well, not, I'm, I'm you know, the best color man in the business. Yep, still the best and color man in the business. We have to, we have to, where this came from, it's from major league, uh, yep. Bob Euchert, but uh, yeah, we'll come, I'll come back. We'll talk about it. And for all those people listening out there, happy or Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, you Happy New Year, Happy yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, whatever you happen to celebrate, or you know, if you just like to get together and you know celebrate, you know, with your own activities and festivities, we certainly are glad to have you aboard on doing that. And we're going to give everybody a chance to do that next week. So our next episode will be back in air on December twenty eighth. Thank you for tuning in. As I said, always you can like my Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Uh, Follow my website, ryan-horn.com. Always glad to do a little voiceover work if you're ever in need of that. Uh, And, you know, we're involved in some activities. Got two absolutely adorable uh, Chihuahua puppies here. If you follow me on Facebook, Uh, they're going to be adopted out pretty soon, I think. But, uh, you know, I always like to leave that message, too. Kind of like Bob Barker, only I don't say, you know, spay or neuter your pets. But, uh, you know, adopt from a local shelter if you can. Support your local shelter. Donate. Volunteer. Always good to help those folks out. So, but yeah, Greg, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you for joining us out there. And I will see you next time on White Collar Crimes.